Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. today doing good yeah you're having a good morning so far I hope that y'all have had some coffee it stuff is like rocket fuel it will get you zinging pretty quickly but um I first off wanted to say just I've been feeling this um for a couple days that if you're new here I really really big warm welcome to you um if you've never been in church before or maybe you've been gone for a while on your back, or maybe you're just sussing us out a welcome. I know what it takes to get the courage to step in that first time. And so honestly, just really welcome. We are really so happy that you're here. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Kristen, and I am the compassion manager at Vineyard 61. And really what that means is that I oversee and I manage all of our outreach and all of our um, compassion projects. I have to tell you, it has, we're really packed in here. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting so many people. Um, it has been incredible. It has been such an insane blessing on my life. And I'm not just saying that because my boss is sitting right in front of me. But I really am telling you, it has been just a whirlwind of emotions. But they've all been really, really good. And... Um, I feel privileged and honored to work alongside such epic people, but more importantly, I get the privilege to witness God moving here. And I'm telling you, God is moving. He is moving here. I have witnessed lives being saved. I've witnessed people getting jobs. I've, I've witnessed healing, and I've witnessed communities being formed. And I've had a lot of jobs, a lot. Like, it's weird how many jobs I've had. I've worked at a church before. Um, but I don't think I've ever felt at peace that I do in this role. But can I tell you that when this position presented itself to me, I knew, like I knew in an instant it was from God. I knew it. I knew it was God's calling on my life. Um, even Eric, my husband, and my mom, they were going, are you kidding me, Kristen? This, this is you. This is your calling. Um, but if any of you are like me, fear can tend to creep in on you even when you know it's from above. So when this opportunity presented itself to me, my initial reaction was no. I was totally afraid. Has anybody experienced that before? Like, are you with me this morning? That, that something comes and you know it's from God, but suddenly fear just grips you. And I was afraid of failure. I was afraid to let people down. I was afraid that my true colors would come out and everyone think I was a fraud. I was afraid I would become too holy and no longer relatable. I'm not kidding. Like, all these things just kept swirling in my head. And I came up with every excuse to say no. And instead of stepping out in faith and trusting God, I chose to retreat in fear. And the reason that I bring this up today is because I am diving into fear and what it looks like to have faith over that fear. For me, this is not an easy thing to talk about because I am someone who suffers from worry and anxiety. My father 
he just is such a worry person, and if he's not worrying about something, he will create something to worry about. I, um, in university, was put on anti-anxiety medicine, and so it's something that I've suffered from. And I wish I could stand up and up here and say, I am healed, but I am not. I am a work in progress, but I know that no matter where I am in my struggles, my low self-esteem, the lies that get in my head that God has got me, that I can hold on to his promises for full restoration. So on that light note, <laughs> we are in the middle of our summer in the Psalm series. Um, and I have chosen a Psalm that was and is my lifeline, especially in the last year. This, this Psalm has been my stronghold. So today we are reading Psalm 27. And for those of you who don't know, it is broken up into two sections, and so today we're just focusing on one through six. And a little bit of history before we read it. The majority of historians feel, David is the author, um, that David was going through a massive trial when he wrote this psalm. David had ample reason to be afraid. He was in the midst of fleeing from Saul, who had sent his army to hunt him down and kill him. And the young general had nowhere to flee in his own land, so he fled to a city occupied by the enemies of Israel. There his life hung by a thread, and I wish I had time to go into David's life. I don't, so if you don't really know, I highly recommend going to First uh, and Second Samuel. He finally escaped from the hands of his enemies, so today we are going to read Psalm 1 through 6, and as we read it, I really want you to listen to and think about David while he was writing this. Listen to his words of both fear, but also his confidence in God. Um, God, just open our hearts to receive your words and give us the courage to obey them. All right, here we go. Ready? Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. There, then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Oh, I really just love that song. Also, can we give a shout out to my husband because he made all these slides? <laughs> I want you guys right now to be vulnerable and to be honest and raise your hands if you have ever been in fear, if you have ever been afraid. Everyone look around the room. We, you are not alone. Nobody in this room needs convincing that anxiety, dread, worry, or fear is real. Some people feel it more than others, but nobody is a stranger to the enemy of their peace. Nobody is a stranger to the enemy of their peace. And see, fear is a dark shadow that envelopes us and ultimately imprisons us within ourselves. Each of us has been a prisoner of fear at one time or another. Fear of rejection, 
fear of uncertainty, fear of failure, fear of your finances, fear of not living for God, fear of heartbreak, and even fear of death. The list goes on and on. And we are human. It, we are going to feel fear. Unfortunately, we will come across this many times in our life. So if we can't escape it, how do we respond to it? It says in verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When I was 20, I did a study abroad in London, and it's when I fell in love with this amazing city. But I believed in God, but I didn't follow him. And so my flatmate at the time, she loved the Lord and was ultimately the one to bring me to Jesus. And so one day we were having coffee, and I am not even kidding, she said this to me, and I didn't really believe it because I didn't believe in visions, but she said she had a vision of me walking around in a pitch black room, and I kept stumbling and falling. But then Jesus came into the room, and he became light. And she said that it was a dim light, but as soon as it happened, I turned, and I just started following him. And she said that whenever I am in a dark place, to imagine Jesus in that room, to turn to him, and that I will find my way. And I am not kidding, I have clung to that my whole adult life. My whole adult life. If we want to dispel the darkness of fear, we must take hold of the fact that Jesus is the light and he is our salvation. When Eric and I were living in Jacksonville, Florida, our preacher used to say all the time, the opposite of faith is fear. The opposite of faith is not doubt. And so many people believe that. So many people, the opposite of faith is doubt. If you have a lot of doubt, you have made a great disciple. Shoot, just pick up your doubts and follow Jesus because nobody has all the answers. The opposite of faith is fear because fear paralyzes and faith produces. Fear looks different on everyone. My worry, my dread looks different from my husband's, from my family's, from all of you. And it is different for everyone. And the crazy thing about fear is that fear trumps facts all the time. When I was little, my sister and I used to share a room. And she wasn't as scared of the dark, but she was really scared of monsters under her bed. And so the lights would turn off, and she would just panic. And she would think somebody would come out and grab her. And so my mom would come in the room, no, it's fine, Taylor. And we'd look under the bed. Nothing was there. And as soon as those lights went out, it was like, the fact that there was nothing there completely left. And she became fearful again because the enemy has two tools and he uses them all the time. He tells us lies to make us afraid. And when we are afraid and we are in that fear, we believe the lies. So the enemy can come in and he can drop a little lie and then he just walks away because we just do the rest. And it's lies and fears and it starts to, and it starts to spiral so if the enemy, oh, I'm sorry. Some of the things that the enemy has said to me in the past, and I'm assuming says to you guys as well, that if I don't look a certain way, or if I don't meet the standard of beauty, I will never find love and I'll be alone. If I don't work hard enough and put enough hours into my job, I will get fired, I will lose my home, and I will have nothing, or this one. I have been hurt so many times, and I have had so much pain in my life. There mustn't be a God, and therefore, I have nothing to live for. And when this happens, we lose all sense of logic. 
Fear causes us to believe the lies of the enemy, and we are no longer living the truth. We are no longer trusting God for who he is and what he has promised for our lives. We are no longer believing God's goodness. And the thing is, God always comes through on his promises. David knew that because he wrote in verse 7, I'm sorry, in verse 5, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. And I love that. I love that in incredibly distressing times, David still believed that through it all, God would hide him and then set him high upon a rock. And I have to tell you something, and I speak from experience. There is glory on the other side of your trial. In this life, we will all have hardships, but how are you going to go through them? Are you going to be paralyzed by fear, or are you going to produce in faith? David was a man of faith. He didn't really know what was going to happen, and he certainly didn't know the future, but he had faith that God was who he said he is. It says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Even though David faced obstacles that he knew he didn't have the power to overcome, he understood that his faith was not in himself. His faith was in God and that he always keeps his promises. So what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be a person who lives by faith or a person who is ruled by fear? Someone who will believe the lies or someone who crushes those lies and steps out in faith? Because I tell you something, I'll tell you what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to believe those lies, to keep you in fear, and to remove you from God, plain and simple. But in Joshua 1.9, it says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And if God is truth, then we have to believe him when he says that he will be with us wherever we go. I've been praying this for a bit, but I, I feel like there are people in this room who know they are meant to be small group leaders, that you know you are meant to step up into a leadership role of some sort. I just know it. But for some reason, you are hearing lies from the enemy that says, oh, well, I don't know how to pray, so I could never be a leader. Everyone else knows how to pray, but I don't know how to. That is a lie. None of us know what we're doing. None of us know how to pray properly. I don't even know what that means. Stop that. Stop that. I believe there are people in this room that are meant to go out and live on mission, whether it's here in London or if it's around the world. But you are so terrified of the unknown that you actually don't know what to do, and so it's paralyzing you. Stop. Stop that. That is just such nonsense. Step into that faith and go out and serve God. But this is one. I believe there are people who are in fear of stepping up and receiving prayer. Whether it's during our ministry time or what, because you are terrified that you, the person next to you is not going to think that you're a good enough Christian. Or that you're doubting God. Or that, I don't know. 
And there's people possibly in here that have never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior because they just, it's just, they're scared. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your soul right now. Don't listen to those lies. Banish those lies. In Hebrews 11, from the, mes from the message, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. And you guys, this is it. It is stepping out in faith that makes life worth living. David was so faithful, and he didn't even have Jesus. You guys, we have Jesus. Like, he wrote Psalm 27 with just the promise of him. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Are you all with me? Yes, thank you. This is it. Ready? If God put Jesus on the cross to endure the penalty of our sins, and he did not leave him in the grave but resurrected him, then by faith we have the same power that res resurrected him, and we can do anything he has called us to do. Fear is nothing when you think about the power of God. Fear is nothing when you think about the power of God. About a year ago, I witnessed his power. A year ago, Psalm 27 became a part of my testimony. And I don't say this story ever. And so I am stepping out in faith. And I'm going to tell you, a year ago, I was leading a small group of missionaries in Uganda. And the organization that Eric and I have worked with for a couple of years, um, they do drop-in medical clinics in the slums of Kampala and then in the outskirts in remote villages. And Eric wasn't with me this trip. Um, and so on one of the days, we had to drive in our bus, in our bus full of Mzungus, which is white people in Lugandan. And we were driving through the gut of Kampala. And if anybody has ever been there, it is like nothing you've experienced before. The smells and the sights and the feelings is just, it's beyond what I can explain up here. And so we were driving to go and visit a children's home where these children all were riddled with cancer. And we were going to go drop off medical supplies and pray and play with these kids. And so I'd been on this road a couple times and I was used to it. And as we were coming up on the road, my whole, my whole gut just changed. Something was really wrong. And as I looked beyond me, there was smoke coming up and our bus came to a complete halt. And Henry, who was our trusted bus driver, turned around and said, close the windows right now. And we just knew. And I looked at his face and I was like, this is really bad. And so we closed all the windows. And the thing about Kampala, and especially this area, no matter what time of day or night, there are people everywhere. And for a Westerner, it just feels like mass chaos, and it's really distressing. And so as we came to a stop, I looked to my left, and there was a taxi van that had flipped on its side into a ditch, and there was people crawling out of the top. And when I looked to my right, there was carnage, there was blood, there was a woman there and her head, I'm sorry to say this, she was bleeding and her leg was broken. 
And the thing that I've learned about going to Uganda, especially in this area, is that they do tend to have a mob mentality. And so there's no, like in the Western world, there's no police officers, there's no emergency vehicles. It is really almost man for man. And as we were sitting on this bus, the whole mob started coming to us. And I have never felt fear like that in my life. And the people in the back, they were just looking, what's happening, what's happening? And I knew in that instant, I said, I stood up and I said, everyone stop, we need to start praying right now. And so we started praying and we prayed and we prayed and we were prophesying and we were speaking in tongues. And that feeling of dread and fear started to calm down. And I am not kidding. Peace just reigned over our bus. And as that was happening, peace started radiating out from the bus. And this mob that were, they were wanting to attack, whoever was in charge of the accident, it stopped. This man, I'm not kidding, came out of the mob and he picked up the woman who was injured and took her to a safe spot. And in that instant, everyone completely flipped. It was peace. I, I can't, it's, it was incredible. And if you've been in Kampala, you know when you're in a traffic jam, you're there for hours and hours. In five minutes, everything stopped and we were able to drive through. The band can come up if you want to. No matter where you are in your life, God has got you. Whatever trial you are in, whatever heartbreak you are in, whatever pain you are in, God is with you. He is with you in all of these terrible times. He's with you in the joys. He's with you in the sorrows. He is your light in the darkness. He is your shelter in his tabernacle, and he is the stronghold in your life. And some of us in here need to take that massive leap of faith but some of us just need to take a baby step and say, God, I trust you over my fear of rejection. God, I trust you over my fear of loneliness. God, I trust you over my fear of the unknown. God, I trust you over my finances. God, I trust you over my inadequacies. I feel today there are people that need to nail the lies and the fear, the worry, the anxiety to the cross. And so we are going to have time of prayer and ministry. And I just, I, I just want you guys, if it's you, if you're feeling called to, to just take that step of faith. We are here to pray for you. We are here to love you. We are here to be alongside you. Um, so as the band just worships, just hear from him and feel his love and feel his protection and feel his safety around you. And then we'll get into some time of prayer. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.